0: Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm James. And every week we talk about the world of Independent League Baseball, from the Atlantic League to the Pecos League. So step into the banners box because this is the Indie Ball Report Podcast.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode. we got a great show for you today, featuring the Atlantic League Showcase, the Shaw Park Lease, and a few player transactions in the American Association and Can-Am
0: League. So let's jump right in. Alright, great intro. Let's go ahead and get involved, like you are saying, and uh, start with the Atlantic League Showcase here. It happened this past weekend, and it proved to be... Uh, Eventful. Yeah, yeah exactly. Eventful. It, it's uh, some uh, Players drafted, apparently, because apparently they have a draft. Right, I didn't yep. see that anywhere, but apparently they got it drafted. Let's go ahead, just get through some of the basics here, and then we'll dive into the discussion bits here, which everybody loves and waits for. So, we had a three-day weekend that the showcase was held just this past weekend, so end of March into April. The first week had, yes, the light was flickering. For so all those listening, the light flickered. It made it seem Paranormal. But it's alright. There are no ghosts, to my knowledge. But there are. Welcome. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Cut that I'm leaving it. Oh, uh, no. I'm leaving it in there. So, three day weekend. They did drills. They played simulated games, the whole standard bit. It was in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, there was about. Two dozen MLB scouts there, as well as many scouts from other independent leagues and minor league teams. There were no ghosts there, but <laughs> but there was over 300 uh, players in attendance there. Uh, there was 11 guys that got a contract offer. So we'll run through those guys, some of the bigger names here. But of the 11 guys offered or drafted, so I assume that means they got, their, uh, they got offered a contract. Right, mm-hmm. Uh, the only one that signed was Brian Mayer. He was the seventh selection by the Lancaster Barnstormers. He is a catcher. God bless the Barnstormers. Let's go. Yep. Uh, and in case anyone's wondering, the uh, draft order was determined via standings last year, and they slotted high point in at the top, which makes the most sense. They weren't in there last year. They need the most help building the roster. And I'm here to say that uh, the road worries were their surrogate. Then they were placed correctly. Then they really needed help building their roster, right? <laughs> exactly. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into some of the major names drafted, and then we can dissect them one by one if you'd like. Ooh. And so we'll start with the first overall pick to your High Point Rockers, pitcher Akil Morris. Biggest claim was he pitched about four games for the Mets in 2015, I believe it was. Wow. It wasn't terribly great. Wasn't... <laughs> Terribly good. But, you know, he was a pitcher. and <laughs> he, he was a pitcher. He's certainly a pitcher. We know that. He threw the ball like a pitcher. <laughs> he was in the bullpen like a pitcher. So we're very confident that he's a pitcher. We know that he pitches. Uh, in all seriousness, though, he does seem like the kind of guy that will succeed greatly in the Atlantic League. Some may say big league. That he will be succeeding big league. <laughs> also in there, Jose Rosario. He was selected third by New Britain. And probably the largest name of all of these guys is also a pitcher, long-term MLB guy, pitched many years with the Mets and then bounced around from there with the Pirates and other teams, Uh, Jonathan Neese. He was the fifth selection and went to Long Island. So what do we think about this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I certainly think the the, the first two are kind of your run-of-the-mill, you know, Atlantic League players. However, when you get to Jonathan Neese, nice, it's really interesting because he put in a lot of time at the big league level. And he's a, he was actually a pretty – there were sports there. He was a really, really decent uh, major league pitcher. Oh, especially yeah. with you know, he the had Mets, He had his moments, and he did. Um, you know, obviously he struggled a lot and bounced around a lot. Hmm. But I do think that he, he's a competent um, pitcher, especially at this level of baseball. I think he can be really effective. It's a good pickup.
0: Oh, yeah, no, he's definitely a solid pitcher still. Uh, he teetered off to the end of his MLB time. but You know, that's just going to happen especially when you start getting up there, and he's a lefty, so there is elements there that are definitely in play for him. I think he'll do greatly with Long Island, and they're assembling basically the 2013 Mets at this point. Yeah, pretty and much. You've <laughs> got Wally Backman as your manager. You have uh, Lynch as your pitching coach. You have and Heiss. You have Dendecker. I'm sure if I look through it, they'll have more. If Jordani Valdezpien doesn't last with the Twins, I'm not sure what his situation's like. I believe he's probably in the minor league system at the moment. If he finds some dropping out of there, he'll be back so there's another former Met They're putting together essentially the twenty thirteen Mets, which is good enough to win the Atlantic League, uh, I oh, assume. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I, I
1: think that the Nice pickup is just it's smart and it's it's good, but I but I also think that, you know, for Jonathan Nice it's not necessarily uh, you know, career over. I I think a lot of times, especially lefties, you can have the lefty junk baller you can do what CC C. Sabathia did and become mm. uh, you know that lefty junk baller even you know from a more of a power pitcher early in your career standpoint so i do think that Jonathan Neese if he gets his command right could not be on this team very long he he could move back up uh, depending on kind of how things go
0: Yeah, no, he certainly could be uh, it'd be interesting to see there just keep in mind he hasn't signed any contract just the ducks own his rights at the moment right yeah uh, I'm not sure if he feels as though he belongs in that level, and that could just be something that he has to work out. Obviously, if he wants to not be in a affiliated minor league system, which I would assume he would rather be there than independent, then the Atlantic League the top league to be in. Now, you can also have to consider something with a pitcher like Jonathan Neese, who has already a lot of miles on his arm, being around since the early 20-teens. Does he want to go pitch in Long Island and then... So the first half of the year will be fine, but then the second half of the year, when they move the mound back the two feet, does he want to put that stress on his arm?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's why you see him early in the season, and then maybe, you know, you see him sign with a, with a, hmm. a, a affiliated um, minor league team once the season, you know, at that midway all-Star mm-hmm. League break, I could see that, him requesting his release uh, if he does wind up playing. As you said, there's some guys who just don't want to be in independent league baseball. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a mistake because I really think there's a really good chance for him to kind of you know get back into it and, and become part of a team again and also to
0: kind of work out some things that really, you know, the last time we saw him, he wasn't pitching so well. So <laughs> Exactly, yeah. No, I think it's definitely a good opportunity for him, and I think Long Island would be an ideal situation for him as well. I yeah. think you could really see some good results there from him, and the Ducks are a team they would definitely be watching. Let's go ahead and just take a moment to just go back to Akil Morris here and just talk about him a little bit. What do we kind of expect from Akil Morris? Kind of a guy that flamed out fairly early on in his uh, major league career, was a uh, fairly solid, I'd say, double-A AA to triple-A pitcher. Any thoughts there? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think, again, just another guy who has the opportunity if he, if he takes it to kind of get back into it, um, you know, understand how to pitch. You know, a lot of these guys, they come up and they throw hard, um, and they don't really understand the, the technique of pitching and all the, the technical aspects of it that come in, and you know, painting the corners and things like that rather than just throwing hard. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I think Akeel Morris has a really good opportunity, but I also think it's possible that, uh, you know, he, he doesn't do as well. I mean, Certainly not, maybe not on, on the level of like a Jonathan Neese. Nice.
0: You know, I'd agree with that statement. I think he's uh, going to be an interesting kind of guy to watch here, and I think that could be, you know, something that could work out. I think he's the exact kind of guy that the independent leagues are for, and he could turn out to be, you know, a solid pitcher there. I'm not sure how long he lasts around in the uh, in the Atlantic League. I feel like he's either going to be a boomer or a bust type guy.
1: I agree with that. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: This league's not very, as all independent leagues are, they're not very friendly to pitchers and whatnot. So, you could go ahead and easily see him just get totally lit up and then flame out of the Atlantic League, and from there, I'm not sure, you know, if he'll drop down the level to, say, the Can-Am League or the American Association there. So, it'll be an interesting thing to kind of watch.
1: Yeah, it was something to keep an eye on, uh, all these guys. I, 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 did he sign? Is that, was that set in stone? Was he the one that signed or no?
0: No, he was not signed. Uh, he's still kind of waiting it out.
1: Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, he might not even... You
0: know, he might not even do it at all, so we'll see. Yeah, no, you will be interested to see with him. They both of these guys here, just kind of tying it up on both Nice and Morris, who are clearly the two biggest names here. Yeah. Those two guys, I could see them maybe not going to affiliate Major League Ball, but by the midpoint of the season, I could see them saying, okay, I don't want to ruin my arm here with the mound thing, which obviously is very divisive. I could see them going overseas to play in, like, say, Korea or China. Yeah, I, I
1: can see that as well. Uh, I I do think, you know, especially a guy like Nice, with as much experience as he has, I could probably see him maybe moving more toward that affiliated ball. But, you know, I mean, obviously it it depends on what they want to do. I mean, they can also pitch on that new mound and, you know. And do very well, yeah.
0: Yeah, be the test subjects and see how how it goes. Yeah, no, that's definitely also possible. Uh, It'll be interesting to see, though. I was actually thinking that Nice could be the guy that would go over more, so. Just because you see a lot of veterans go over and play in Japan, in Korea, and a lot of, like that, like, who was it that had, like, a monster year after he came back. I think it was uh, Eric Times.
1: Yeah, yeah, Eric, Eric Thames or whatever. Yeah. Did, yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah, I, I think a situation like that could definitely happen for uh for Nese.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I can see
0: that as well, Um,
1: especially because of the name brand recognition. I think that, mm-hmm. that could help him as well if he went overseas. But I, I do think that, especially with lefty pitchers, there's a lot of, room for him to be able to move within the United States um, in baseball. I think, you know, I don't know if he necessarily has to go
0: international. Of course, yeah. It would be very interesting to see one way or the other, you know. Yeah, no doubt. So, we'll move on here. We also have more, basically, all today's player transactions here. with a little bit at the end. There's a change up here. But we're going to go ahead and run Conrad Greger out next. Oh, yeah. That's our boy, Conrad Greger. Yeah, so Conrad Greger is one of those guys that, uh, one of the first guys we started paying attention to a lot when we started following independent league baseball a couple of years back. Conrad's always been a solid player here. We'll give you the rundown real quick on him, and then we'll discuss his kind of future as he goes back to the New Jersey Jackals. Uh, he was acquired by the Jackals back on uh, March 13th. He was acquired from Ottawa, I moved him in favor of Andy Mockaby. He He's a catcher. Conrad's mainly an outfielder, but he can go ahead and uh play the infield as well if need be. Um, not only his position, though, normally he's a corner outfielder. First place, too. Yeah, of course, but normally you'd see him in the outfield. But in any case, so it was Andy McAbee for Conrad Greger. And Conrad's 27, he's played six years of affiliated ball, and he just signed with the Jackals on Thursday. So he'll be back there for the first time since 2017, where he signed immediately after being released from the Astros. Uh, he left after 2017 because part of the way through, he was signed by the Red Sox organization, started in A Portland, I believe it is, and then about, I'd say, a quarter of the way through the year, he was released from the Red Sox organization, signed in Rockland, and finished out the year in Rockland. I tried to figure out how he wound up in Ottawa. I did not find how he wound up in Ottawa, although I do assume it was uh, through Lancaster because he had played... The end of the 2018 season once Rockland was eliminated from uh, postseason contention. We'll go ahead and continue on here. Just run through a stat line really quick. Uh 2017 with the Jackals, he had a very good year. 12 home runs, 73 ribbies, and he batted three hundred three. In 2018 with the Boulders, 10 home runs, 53 ribbies, and he batted three hundred. Playoff guy in the limited playoff time he had, I believe it was about four games. Three home runs, 10 ribbies and he batted four forty four. And that's basically the story of him. He struggled a bit in double A. Every time he's gotten to there he hasn't really batted above uh, two fifty. And never really mounting too much past that, but every other level he seems to thrive at. So he's an interesting guy.
1: Yeah, he's an interesting, interesting guy. Certainly a fan favorite guy as well. Mm. Um, but re- really, a really a talented baseball player when you come yeah. down to it. Um, there's only you know so many guys with his skill set. Really makes contact a lot. Um, you know, a little bit got some pop as well. Yeah. Uh, good defensively, you can put him in a lot of different positions, like we were saying earlier. So, I mean, it's interesting to see where he'll go um, from here. I, I really like him on the Jackals. I think yeah. certainly the can League player, he's, you know, one of the best. Um, and, you know, talent-wise, probably uh, probably the best on, on the Jackals, if if we talk about just, you know. Out- just out- pure talent. Out- yeah, just yes. pure talent. Um, so I really like the signing for New Jersey, and also I like it for the can League. I always am a big uh, Conrad Greger fan. Yeah, no,
0: Conrad's definitely a solid player. Yeah. Fan off of that 2017 Jackal team, when you look back at it, It's a very interesting type team, you know, because you see guys on that team and what they've turned into. Like, Taylor Brennan just shot way up once he got to uh, Trey but on the Jackals. He was just, I'd say, kind of a routine player. Nothing terribly extraordinary. A good player, but, you know, just kind of...
1: Yeah, more of just an everyday kind of player, not really a superstar. But, yeah, no, once he
0: he got the trigger bar. He took off. <laughs> but no, he, he's turned into a whole different player there. Yeah. And as we'll see in the uh, Can-Am League preview that we're going to be working on, once we start getting into May, yep. then you're going to see that he's going to be probably my guy that I'm going to pick for the league MVP here. Really, I'm really, i high on Taylor Brennan, but we're not talking about him right now. We're talking about Conrad Greger, who well, I really...
1: Take
0: it easy. Come on. Yeah, no, I really I expect to see Conrad do very well in New Jersey again. It's oh, yeah. Is a very good ballpark for him. Oh, yeah. as, as you've seen, his numbers were better in New Jersey as opposed to being in Rockland, despite playing more games with Rockland than with New Jersey. So I kind of expect to see him with that full year, which I expect for him to get. He's the kind of guy where I think at 27 now, you're just playing for the love of the game to play. And maybe to go ahead, build up a bit more of a resume, maybe move into coaching fairly soon. I think he could really put up good numbers in New Jersey.
1: Yeah, he'll put up good numbers in New Jersey. I mean, he's just a baseball guy. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a good baseball player, uh, hard worker uh, on the field. Really, you know, goes after every ball hard. Uh, runs out. A lot of uh, a lot of ground balls and things like that. I really like the way he plays. Um, and just, uh, again, a smart baseball player who's going to hit over 300. I mean, you can just pencil it in. He's going to hit over 300, and he's going to hit over
0: 10 home runs. Right now, it's, that's the only thing. That's my only prediction. That's my hot take. <laughs> yeah, no, he's going to be doing solid. If I had to guess where he's going to wind up, like, stat-wise at the big three at the end of the year, 15 home runs I'd go. Probably, I'm thinking, it's hard to say, because he had 73 there in the past. I'm thinking sixty five, that number's just saying something to me. Yeah, fair enough. And probably about around three hundred. Somewhere between two ninety eight and probably three oh five. I think that's a rough estimation what you can expect from him. Yeah. No a doubt. solid guy probably put him in either the two, three, or four hole I'd say, and you could really start to expect to see something from him.
1: Yeah, I definitely think he's gonna have a great year. Um, I also think that it's going to help the Jackals, uh, you know, a good veteran presence in there mm-hmm. who's been a lot of the upper leagues. And, if they, you know, there's some young guys on the roster that he's going to kind of help them mold and develop a little bit as well.
0: Exactly. And yeah, no, he's definitely is a huge ad for them. And I'm very interested to see uh, what else they're going to do. Obviously, most of these rosters in the Canon League are far from formed right now. Oh, yeah. And so they're going to need to supplement them a lot. But this is definitely a good starting point.
1: Yeah. yeah, no doubt.
0: Yep. and before we move on to the next day that we're kind of talking about today in the American Association, I just want to quickly put out here, being that we are let's see, today is the fifth, so we are what about twenty days away from opening day in the Atlantic League? Yep. Expect either next week or the week after to be that league's preview. We're kind of trying to time it as close as we can to the release of of the leagues to opening day for them.
1: Yeah.
0: So you can't really do anything until you have a roster and that roster, those rosters rather. Are finally starting to form out a bit. So we'll be able to put together a whole show for that, and it'll be solid. Oh, yeah, that'll be good. And, you
1: know, kind of our listeners are going to get more of that inside look that you don't get a lot into independent league baseball, especially the Atlantic League. Um, you know, there's a lot of fan base, uh, you know, like Somerset's big fan base, uh, Lancaster, Long Island, and those, those are big fan bases. And so for you guys, you're going to get an in-depth look. We're going to talk about hitters. We're going to talk about pitchers. We're going to talk about who's going to be playing in the field, who do we think talent-wise is good, who do we think the numbers are good, and also who do we think is going to be moving on from the team mid midway through because of, you know, things like getting called up for major league assignments and things
0: like that, signed with affiliated teams, those kind of deals. Yep, it will be a preview of each team, a general overview of the league to kind of recap what happened last year in the offseason up to now, as well as predictions for the for going forward in the season. In yep. the whole night, it'll be a solid show. Look forward to that probably two weeks from the release of this show. So we'll move on now to the American Association and Tyler Jordan. He is a pitcher, played for the Nats, 18 games, 15 games started. He's kind of your run-of-the-mill pitcher Had uh, average numbers. But he did play for the, the Sioux City Explorers last year. He left about, eh, towards the end of the year in August to sign with the Chinese Professional League. But, you know, he's an average pitcher. Did good in his time there. Uh, 3.29 ERA, 95 innings pitched, in 15 starts. So he's a solid guy. I kind of almost relate him to the Conrad uh, Greger version of a pitcher. Middling success on the upper ladder here but in independent league ball, he's a very good player. He comes back, he's with uh, Sioux City again, and he looks to go ahead and guide the Explorers to victories. (laughs) <laughs> to victory, but yeah,
1: you yeah, know, this is another good pickup. Uh, you know, obviously, anyone with major league experience is always really valuable for these teams. Um, and the American Association really is a good league, uh, and they draw a lot of these players. Uh, so it's gonna be a good thing for the explorers, you know, really an infusion of you know, veteran presence and also a lot of talent. Like you're saying, the Conrad, uh, Gregor kind of you know, parallel is a smart one. Um, you know, a talented guy who maybe not performed the best at the higher levels, but really is going to be
0: good at this level. Yep. Yeah. Well, I definitely expect to see that there. Um, obviously, there's not much more to say on him. He's a solid pitcher. I expect to see similar numbers there. The three point, well, basically 3.3 ERA is very impressive in an independent league, just because those leagues are definitely tended towards hitters. They want offense. So the fact that he kept it to that over the innings and all that, that encompasses, it's definitely a solid. i definitely look to see him do that again. If he does, he could really go ahead and light up that league.
1: Yeah, and with his experience, I could see him uh, also getting moved up uh, to affiliated ball as well uh, throughout the season. Just because anytime you have a guy who has a lot of experience um, in the, in Major League Baseball and also going international, it's a guy that a lot of uh, the, the Major League organizations want in their systems just to help train
0: uh, younger guys. And he'll certainly do that with the Explorers.
1: Yep, definitely there.
0: With that, I think we've said enough about uh, Taylor Johnson, Conrad Greger, everyone at the Atlantic Showcase, and player movements for today. I think we've covered that pretty much as well as we can. So we could either move into Winnipeg, or I can go and rant about the AAF and all of that for about 40 minutes. <laughs> hey, let's
1: rant about the AAF.
0: Let's go. All right, I was going <laughs> to say that for the end, so that way everyone that doesn't want to hear me complain could just tune off. But okay, we'll go. <laughs> Alright, so, I'm trying to figure out how to start this, so that way it just doesn't sound, like, annoyed rambling, but... First of all, this is our seventh inning stretch, brought to you by Gate Photography. That's also, yeah, first time. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so, I guess I'll start with the basics of what happened, and then I'll dive into my problems and complaints with it.
1: And then I'll chime in about my... Also, problems and complaints, and then we'll (laughs) get
0: back to baseball. (laughs) All right, so the AEF, obviously, uh, Alliance of American Football, was a football league founded this year, played in the spring, and was essentially trying to be the AAA NFL. Uh, It was doing fairly well, I'd say. Uh, Attendance-wise, San Antonio was very good. Uh, Birmingham was good every week except for the week that there was uh, deadly tornadoes around. Which, obviously, yeah, you can understand. Enough, yeah, yeah <laughs> even still about 7,000 people showed up. Yeah. So that's fairly impressive still. Yeah. Every other week, there were roughly around fifteen to 17,000. Yeah, and was just in paid attendance. So. Yeah. Especially in the stadium that sees, I believe, 90,000. So you'd look at that number, and it's fairly good. Yeah, So it was accomplishing its goal. It was definitely a developmental league of weeks. One through three really were kind of rough on play, but they kind of ironed it out, and then the play really started getting good it and did, everything. Yeah. Uh, and then the league folded earlier this oh. week, now about a week ago, Tom when you're here. And it was folded by Tom Dundon. Now, it's important to note Tom Dundon is not the founder of the league. That would be Charlie Eversol and Bill Polian. Oh. Those two founded it. Tom Dundon. However, was the guy that came in in week two and tossed money towards funding and essentially bought 60% of the board. So he bought the league basically. Basically. On Tuesday this week, he decided, I've lost enough money on this, I'm going to shutter it. And that's where we stand now with all the players, all the staffs, all the internal team staff, all the, well, most of the league staff, and everybody is just out of a job. The league is done, they fold off the bat. And that's about all there is to it. Uh, it's extremely disappointing. I say that as I wear my Birmingham Iron hat. And I'm a fan of that, or was a fan of that team. It is just very disappointing. Uh, there's obviously been a bunch of speculation as to why he shuttered it. Some people say he shuttered it because he lost $70 million. You know, that's a lot of money to lose. It's, you know, it's no insignificant number. I mean, just look at how many uh, independent league teams. If you gave them seventy million, how far along they could even be? They could have so much. They could just have so much. Period. Yeah. mm -hmm. So it's a lot of money to lose. It is, no doubt. I don't deny that. However, for other people are saying, no, he got, he was in it on the tech, because that's an important thing to note here. The AF is not solely a football league. It was also a tech company. They were developing uh, betting technology where you could bet inside their app in the game in lifetime then they tried to develop that and so people are saying as soon as that was done then he shuttered it because he got his tech and he got out others are saying you know he just grew tired of having it and shuttered it uh, nobody really knows why there really has not been a comment as to why um bill polian and charlie Eversoll were saying we didn't want him to shutter it. we were telling him we can make this work still uh at least let it go to the end of the year and that's something that's important There are still two more regular season weeks as well as the two week playoff that still need to be played. That now won't be played. And yeah, that's basically the synopsis of it. It closed, we don't know why it closed, and that's where we sit today. Yeah,
1: certainly I think it's it's terrible. I think you know, we talked about it many times on this show that it was an independent league uh, kind of an idea, Um, and it was really great. I mean, I I think the football was good. You had big names starting to come to it. You had Trent Richardson, Johnny Manziel, uh, and Garrett Gilbert, who was playing great. And now you're seeing guys like Garrett Gilbert get signed to NFL teams after its uh, disillusion. And I just think that it's it's really, really a shame. Dundon kind of came in, took it over, and now it seems to be the sole reason for its closing. Um, yeah, I understand he lost a lot of money. And the thing is, is that, uh, you know, if you're, a, if you're a billionaire and you come in and you you know you're going to lose money, you know, the, that's really disingenuous to, to say, well, you know, he lost a lot of money. Well, yes, but he knew he was going to lose money. He yeah. came in knowing he was going he, he to get the tech out of it. And that's all he wanted. He, he for lack of a better term, he hoodwinked them. He hustled the... He used them. He used them. He used, them. He used Charlie Eversol and Bill Pullian. And he destroyed a league that had a lot of promise. I was a San Antonio Commanders fan, and I loved it. That, that had so much energy. The team had energy. The players were great. It's a shame. It really is just a shame.
0: Exactly, and you hit on the head there with saying that. Well, he lost some of million. He knew what he was getting into. You got into the second worst business to be in if you're looking to make money. Entertainment's the second thing worst. The only thing worse than it is restaurants, yep. because of how many times these things fail. And there's not like they just gently fail. They go crash and burn. And I have a hard time believing he would make such a serious investment, promising up to $250 million. That's something I want to make clear. He said, up to it. Not, I will give them 250 That's something that's been kind of misreported. They just heard the number and ran with it. It was on a weekly basis he was giving them money. So, it was $70 million since week. Three, he jumped in. Right, yeah. So over five weeks, he got $70 million, which is, granted, I will admit, that is a large amount of money to lose in about a month. It's a
1: huge amount of money to lose in a month.
0: But once and again...
1: he knew, he knew, exactly. knew going to lose. Exactly. You it.
0: don't make that kind of an investment without going through the books. And I have a very hard time believing that, the league, that if we are to believe they were really struggling for money, and as it appears now, and as we'll talk about in one second here with all the unpaid bills, uh, they clearly were, at the very least, struggling for money and going to have to cut some expenses Mm -hmm. which i do believe to an extent that that was what was happening because i was reading one article actually about san antonio and how they were saying how we have to have less staff travel with us to games because we just can't afford to bring them orlando got rid of their radio team because they just couldn't afford to keep them so they definitely were pressed for cash that much is for certain however once again you made this kind of an investment damn well knowing what you were getting into because if they're that pressed for cash like I'm saying then they definitely showed you okay this is what the plan is this is everything we have going this is where we're at these are our expenses these this is what we're looking to take in these are the projections you have all the things you need to make a sound business decision and you still made that decision and what it's kind of clear to me is he thought oh that's nice tech I can essentially buy it for however much it costs me and we'll be all good to go.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And also I think, you know, the thing with, with Dundon is that he's a good businessman. He's a smart guy. Let's not, you know, he's not some you know stupid guy who's just going to come in and didn't know the book, didn't not, doesn't understand business. No, 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 no. He's a smart guy. He's, he's slimy. A, he's slimy. He's an owner already um well that's
0: how he made his money yeah. like through you know, being that same slimy guy he made his money through essentially being a loan shark yeah pretty much for car loans and shit like he was charging up to 29 percent on a auto loan which is outrageously high
1: oh yeah and it's just it's just a shame but I, I think the problem is that the league owned all the franchises and so mm-hmm. to me that was the issue of if they were independently owned uh, teams and and operated teams it probably would have worked out better you might have had some teams fold but others would have probably been able to survive
0: i'm not sure i think they were all in the same boat here i think you would have seen some cave earlier and then some cave later i think they were all kind of uh doomed once the league went down
1: oh no no definitely but i I mean i think that i'm saying that the Investment would have been not as great by the league, so therefore the league itself would have been able to remain, and the teams, if they operated kind of a little bit away from the league, would have been
0: able to, independently from the league, would have been able to have survived longer. I don't think they would have reached that height, though, at that rate. I think having that league backing, especially in the beginning, helps you boost up here, because I don't see having ownership groups in those markets being able to afford all the things that they had. I think you would have been in the same position here.
1: I mean, it depends. I mean, it really depends
0: on who's buying the team. In <laughs> fact, I don't think there's that many people that are, like, banging down the door for a minor league football team. As we've seen in the past here, the UFL, USFL, how many other ones? XFL. A- <laughs> yep, AAFL, XFL, like you said, well, no, XFL was owned all by then. So, oh, right, yeah, yeah yep. sure. There's been dozens of football leagues, you know, how, uh, the FXFL, Yeah. there's like, you can go through the list of them that all have privately owned teams and they all fold quickly. So, I don't think approaching it from the same angle would have been a winning strategy. It's proven in the past it doesn't really work. The only times those really work are when you go ahead and you look at, like, the major sports franchises and they've all been around for a hundred years. Well, I mean, the, the USFL uh, would it, have worked. <laughs> it could have worked, but once again, you had a Tom Dundon like come in, yeah. change it try to use it for its purposes, and then crash and burn it.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and I just think it's a it's a shame. I mean, you know, there was a lot of fans of this league. A lot of mm. people really were invested in it. They cared about it. The football was good. The players were really good, and the product on the field was was good. Oh, yeah, no, it was solid. Great coaches. I mean, Steve Spurrier.
0: Yeah, no, Steve <laughs> Mike Spurrier. Singletary, I mean, good coaches. Yeah, and it it worked out well, although I do want to say, the, per- the two people that are, are skating away from blaming this, are pulling and then salt themselves. Yeah, they agree. need to take some responsibility for this as well, especially as I'm about to go into the way that the players are now screwed. Yeah. And that's the only way to put it, they are screwed right now. They are screwed yeah. That That it's, it's just reprehensible. It's not acceptable. The whole way it's went is just completely and utterly terrible. And honestly at this point, they said, Well maybe we could get the funding for a year or two. I don't want a year or two at this point with the way it's been handled. I think it's just disgraceful because what happened here was if you're a player that was on injured reserve or was on the disabled list or anything like that, they cut off all your PT, all your funding, your health insurance that the league gives you ends at the end of the month, and then you're on your own. They got paid for only the weeks they played, so I believe they came away with about $40,000. In addition to that, Players were reporting that they got back to their hotel rooms that the league kept them up in for the season and found all their stuff in the lobby. Unbelievable. Just thrown out of the rooms. And then the topper to all of this is some players were then looking at their yep. credit card statement mm-hmm. and saying that they were charged for the room. So they had $1,200 charges, $1,700 charges. One player said I had a $2,500 charge. When I saw that, I'm not, I, I lost I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. It's a joke. It's completely ridiculous. Someone needs to step up and pay that. If it's not Dundon paying up, which it should be, and yeah, sure. there will be lawsuits over that. Oh yeah, I mean you know Johnny
1: Manziel, you know, indignantly goes on uh, when, goes on Twitter and says, "Don't sue anyone. It's not going to help you. You're never going to get your money. But, yeah, get out of here. Get out of here, Johnny. We know you have." Well, no, money. he didn't.
0: I don't believe he said don't sue them. What he said is, "The last paycheck you got will be the last one you get. Yeah, Keep true. your head up and save your money."
1: Well, I mean, yeah, but he says a lawsuit isn't going to help. Is basically also in the tweet and, and, and unless it's
0: class action it will be very difficult yeah it's not good. but it will be a class action will, let's be clear on that it
1: will probably be a class action it, there yes, there it. has to be a lawsuit because they breached their contract now I'm not a legal analyst but it seems as though they breached your contract although I don't know you know how those things work. But all I'm saying is that, it, from a moral standpoint, it doesn't seem like they did the right thing. To well, they certainly not, didn't. To get, leave these guys out to dry like they that. they
0: certainly did not. Napoleon and an
1: they need to be held responsible for the league's failure as well.
0: Yeah, no, they definitely need to be held responsible in some way, shape, or form. Someone needs to pay for it. Although, if I'm Vince McMahon now, I'm immediately sending a charter yeah. jet to everyone of those cities and going, because the AF's not paying for you to get back to your home city or wherever. I'm sending a jet there and saying... We're gonna take you back to whatever city you want. We're going to these few cities. Take your pick. We'll send you there. I'll pay for your rehab. I'll do all that. Oh yeah, just like that. You got your player base. Congratulations. Oh Even yeah. if you're not doing it for all of them, just pick the best ones and do it for them.
1: One. Yeah, I mean the, the XFL now that yeah you got to be happy if you're someone who wanted to see the XFL. Well, here it is. It's gonna happen, and you know there's obviously demand uh-huh. for this.
0: the The ratings were not terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, no, the ratings were good, and that's what. And that's a question i am kind of been pulling with here, and we're going to get the answer to next year as to whether or not the XFL succeeds or fails. Mm-hmm. Is there really the appetite for spring football? I think so. Like, you, you want to be inclined to say yes, because you go, well, look at the fans they got, look at the numbers they were drawing. It was a success. Right. But at the same time, every league fails. And every league fails in a different way, whether it's lack of fan support, whether it's lack of fan support monetarily, whether it be poor ownership, whether it be poor structure, ship think a lot of poor fails. leadership.
1: I think a lot of it is poor leadership, and I think having Oliver Luck in the XFL might uh, help it to kind of take the leap uh, to be the one that does make it. But the problem is, I don't have We already tried the XFL once before, so I'm, I'm skeptical to say the least of that.
0: Yeah, no, it's like that's the thing here. Like, I want to say there's a demand for it because we immediately go, you know, Americans want football. Right. I don't, I'm starting to think. Americans don't want football. They want more NFL football. Uh, no, I'm I don't know. I think that. Americans
1: want more football. I mean, college football is wildly popular. I think well, that's because people identify for college. Sure, but I think that if you put it in big, the people who say that it'll never work in NFL markets is wrong they're wrong because if it's only in NF it's only in big markets where people draw that, like you're saying that. Oh, I'm part of this. I'm part of this city, this community. And the more people you can get, that New York, New Jersey market is really smart. So I, I think that you know, I think the XFL could succeed. I just don't know if they have the business clout to succeed.
0: I'm just, I'm very skeptical of it. Uh, which should have been from the beginning, should have been meaning should have been more skeptical of it from the get go, being that you know it's a startup, but. I'm really skeptical as to what the appetite really is for it. Because if it keeps failing every time, there's only so many times you can go, well, that was just poor leadership. Well, that was just poor ownership. Oh, well, that was just poor funding. Oh, well, those cities just didn't work because the fans just didn't like the team. Oh, well, it was just poor play on the field. There's only so many times you can keep I saying mean, that. There,
1: there's an appetite for football. I mean, is it going to be the NFL? No. I'm, is it, but, I mean, a lot of these games, you know, there were more people watching these football games than there were for, these, for NBA basketball games. These AAF games, so people care. People want to watch football. People like football. It's just a matter of getting it right. You know, taking your time, being pragmatic, and getting the structure right. Because it's hard. Football is a hard sport to kind of get everything going. Because it's expensive. Equipment's expensive. Players get hurt a lot. It's a tough thing to do. The only way to do it is to have a really, really good staff of ownership, also coaching, and also players.
0: I guess that. I'm just skeptical about that market base. And having it all come together, too, I just think it's one of those things where if you see XFL 2020 fail, I think that's the death nail for it, because I don't see anyone going, you know, it's a good investment. It's just not. It just isn't. Only if, so
1: you're right, but if the NFL ever says we want a minor league. Oh, that changes everything. It changes everything the NFL actually does implement a minor league, that would be, first of all, great. And second of all, probably one thing that would really help um, drive interest in football. But also, I think, you know, if they have a minor league, that'll always
0: succeed because the NFL has so much money, they can just keep throwing money at it. it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, no, if the NFL wants it, the NFL will get it. But at the moment, the NFL has no desire for it. And the XFL is actively going against the NFL. <laughs> That's why I'm skeptical of the XFL. Yeah. Not to spend too much time on football and a baseball show, but I'm really skeptical because since when has fighting the NFL ever worked out for anybody? Every time you fight it, you just lose. AFL, USFL, you never win. Exactly. The AFL was the only one that came close to succeeding because it said, well, just Yeah. Which, to be fair, that was your best shot at actually beating the NFL because you had actual stars like that's the thing honestly actually then this is actually an interesting little thing to go on a tangent to just kind of wrap this up on and also one thing i forgot to mention earlier when we explained the whole league and why it failed and the reason why Dunton supposedly folded it which is a very important piece to this which i feel like i would be remiss to not mention he said we can't win without the nfl practice squad players right that's why we're folding it because we can't do it without it It it's kind of a my way or the highway type deal that's the story that we're going with for now. Although, like we said, the more commonly accepted one among fans of the league was he folded it because he got the tech and wanted out. Yeah. So that's the important thing to know here. But it's interesting to think, how could you get this league to succeed? How would you make a league that would succeed? Well, you got to look at the elements of all the ones that were doing well. There were bits of the AAF that were working out well. Such as, you know, the cities were fine. Like Birmingham was good. San Diego started coming around. The weather was good. San Antonio was always a good market. Yep. Orlando succeeded. Really, the markets that didn't really work were Arizona, Salt Lake, just because of the weather. Yep. Oh, uh, let's see, who else didn't really do well? Atlanta didn't do very good. Uh, that's because the team was really bad, though. <laughs> yeah, plus I don't think Atlanta's that great of a sports city. I, I
1: don't either. I mean, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> to not the listening, uh, but, uh, They yeah. like the
0: Braves, and that's about
1: it. Yeah, there's... there's I mean, baseball can do well in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, uh, no, they're Braves fans, but... But I don't know about... I mean, you know, the Falcons do well there as well, so I don't know. It's not it's not a prestigious sports city like uh, Philadelphia, and New York, <laughs> uh,
0: L.A., and Exactly. So, those markets were good. If I were to go ahead and start a league like this, I'm not sure. I it's hard to say if I go in the spring because fighting the NFL is a losing battle. You can't run at the same time that you run because you're just going to lose. That much you have to admit off the bat. I might do a winter, like a
1: like an after the Super Bowl winter into into spring.
0: So and about eight weeks. Yeah. So like say. February, March, and then the first two weeks are in of April yeah, are your championship. Championships. Well, the problem is then your playoff runs into March Madness. That's true. Uh, yeah. And you're going to get poor ratings for that because nobody's going to watch sure. your developmental football over March Madness. Well, yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So you have to watch for that. Basically, April's a dead month for sports. You're not going to go ahead and beat anything that you're new. You're not going to beat Final Four. Augusta coverage is going to win out for a lot of people baseball, baseball starting up again too. opening day in that whole bit You got all that you have NBA regular season winding down you have NHL playoffs starting You April's too much of a packed month to contend that you have to kind of admit off the bat May I think is where you go ahead and really get your shot at it so I may run May and June and then, yeah, the uh, summer, yeah, yeah, maybe I feel like the summer's the way to go about it. Now, I understand it's going to be really hot, yeah. <laughs> so, from a fan perspective, sitting out in the hot sun in the do south, for baseball. <laughs> yeah, but baseball also, it's a different game, yeah. I mean. You know, the experience with a fan is the experience with a fan. You sit there, you watch the game. So. Yeah, but you don't want to sit in the hot sun and watch a football game. You find with baseball, because baseball normally has the giant grandstand overhang. There's other stuff to do in the ballpark besides just sit there and watch. True, so, yeah. So I maybe has to do that, but I think May, June, and then you end the season with a little bit of a playoff in July. I think, like, that's the, really the only way to I feel. Work. I feel like that's what I would start with, and then if you really wanted to go all out, and like the full-on uh, thing, maybe have your championship game on the 4th of July. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You have it be that. You know, that could be something there. But yeah. that, and you need to go after stars. Oh, like yeah. Like all the other leagues that had a really solid bit here, they have names you can go ahead and point to. USFL had Jim Kelly, had Herschel Walker, had Steve Young, had names. They had guys. Yeah, you got to have guys.
1: you got to have guys. I mean, you know, Garrett Gilbert, as as good as he
0: played, he's not not going to cut it. Trent Richardson's not going to work. When you're basically taking the scraps of the NFL, that's not working. You need guys that are NFL-level talent that could be stars in the NFL to draw them in. Yeah, I mean,
1: even like Johnny Mansell isn't. You know, isn't really,
0: uh, wasn't really good. You're not going to watch Johnny Manziel playing football. You're going to watch Johnny Manziel do something.
1: you right. I mean, and, and that's good, though. I mean, it, it was good. I mean, they sold a lot of jerseys, a lot of merchandise. I mean, it, it was good, but,
0: you know, overall, it didn't really, didn't really help them, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But I, that's how you got to go about it. Like, if you can get, like, a Trevor Lawrence right now, that's a name.
1: Yeah, but that's not That's gonna not going to happen <laughs> because,
0: nope. And then the problem you have is, Because I've heard with the XFL, they're banding about the idea of taking 18- and 19-year-old kids. Bad idea. Bad idea. (laughs) Like, here's the thing. People go, well, in the NHL they have that. Different game. Well, yeah, those hits are a bit harder. Just because you have someone on skates flying into you at about 23 miles an hour. And it'll hurt. You're only on the actual ice for about 15 to 20 minutes a game. And you're not getting hit all the time. The NFL is a constant hit, 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 yeah. hit. Mm-hmm. Football hits you more. The guys are bigger. They hit harder. And this the dynamic of the game is different. And an 18-year-old kid getting hit by... 33-year-old middle linebacker
1: who's hit, you know, every NFL running back, you know, 40 yeah, looking, times. Just <laughs> so
0: looking for a shot to get back in the league, he figures, well, if I can hit him hard... A 19-year-old gets hurt a lot more than even a 20, 21-year-old does. Oh, yeah. I mean, strength difference.
1: muscle-wise, you know, you're just not there yet. You're exactly. Not
0: developed. Yep. Yeah. Plus just, the, just going through your training and everything like that. But as you go through the level there, a 19-year-old doesn't know how to get hit the right way. There's also a certain way you get hit. Too. Exactly, yeah. As like a 20-year-old quarterback that's been playing in college and, and that whole deal, your coaches tell you, this is how, when you see you're about to get hit, this is how you get ready to get hit. This makes it so you won't get, it still will hurt, but it won't hurt as bad. It won't, right, yeah. it won't be injured because of it. Right, right. You know, so that, and like you were saying, with the maturity level of it, you know how to run it. Plus, a team of, like, you know, middle-aged 30s guys, they don't want to be taking orders from an 18-year-old, 9-year-old quarterback.
1: Getting the me out of here. Until you
0: prove yourself. Yeah, and, and that's
1: going to hurt the development of a lot of guys. But, yeah, so, I mean, just kind of wrapping it up. I think, yeah. you know, football is, uh, you know, a good sport, but obviously... It didn't work. It didn't work, and you know what? That's why we love baseball, right? Baseball is America, still America's pastime and probably America's future, too. Well, yeah. now All right, we move back, back to baseball.
0: In any case, we'll finish this week with the Shaw at least. Uh, basically... It's the Stadium for the Winnipeg Golden Eyes of the American Association. Current lease runs through 2023. And the Golden Eyes have the tremendous deal of paying only $1 a year for the Mm -hmm. lease. Now, as you can imagine, the council people of Winnipeg aren't exactly (laughs) thrilled over this lease agreement. I believe that. And Councilman Brian Mays wants to raise the dollar amount on the lease. Come on, Brian. He says that, Look, that's just not a fair deal for the city. What And he may have a case. But there's something we need to go ahead and tell you. The Golden Eyes, they pay about $300,000 a year in taxes between, you know, everything. So knowing that, they also built their stadium. They just built it on the land that's owned by the city of Winnipeg. Right. And while Mays does acknowledge that, he does say, The original lease agreement was signed back when the team was first founded. And so we gave them that lease to try and help them succeed, cut down on their expenses, and would just generally be beneficial for the league. That, and also where it's located at, is prime real estate in the city of Winnipeg. So they're saying, look, if you're going to have some of the best land in the city, you need to pay your fair share on that. That's just not fair for the city. Because we could be using that land to have other things that would generate a lot more revenue. So, that's his, that's the maze in the city of Winnipeg point of view. Now, Sam Katz, the owner and president of the Golden Eyes, is also the former mayor of Winnipeg. That may matter, may not matter, doesn't, it's to be seen.
1: Right.
0: Says he agrees that we need to negotiate on the lease and we'll begin doing that soon, seeing as there's only about four years left on it. So he wants to get a jump on it so it's not waited to the last minute. And that they do want to go ahead and negotiate a fair contract. I think he's kind of resigned himself to the fact it's not going to be a $1 a year contract anymore. <laughs> and you not know, going to
1: get the sweetheart deal anymore.
0: Exactly. I think he kind of acknowledges this. He has hired consultants to advise the team on the situation. He's going to go ahead and update it and, you know, get it roughly what they're saying. This would be fair. And that's basically where we sit now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, looking at this, it's a difficult situation because obviously the town and the team, you know, they have to have that relationship. And you you understand the taxes that they're paying You're going directly to the city of Winnipeg itself. Hmm. So, I mean, I'm of the, the idea of I don't mind the $1 lease. Um and, and I think that, you know, obviously it's probably not sustainable for the cities looking at it like this is not sustainable. We need more money out of them. But they they gotta be careful not to drive it too high because I'm sure that's that team does bring in a lot in terms of Oh yeah, of they of, definitely turn I a mean, profit. Turn a profit, also bring in a lot in terms of community revenue and just community engagement and things like that. It's certainly a ballpark's so always a good thing, you know. I mean it, it always makes an area better.
0: Yep, no, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see and we'll uh, watch on it. But there's not really, you know, much to say on it. They're kind of at a deadlock where we're at. Right, kind of a you know back and forth and. Exactly. There's not much to say. They're just starting to negotiate the thing now. Here, I guess the real the real questioner is: Is it fair that they pay such a low rate in the in the lease agreement, or is it unfair? I mean, I, I think it's fair
1: because what they're paying in taxes is you know pretty good. Uh, and also, well, I it's think... also
0: Canadian taxes. Their taxes are naturally going to be higher because they get more stuff course. for it. Right. Know? Of course.
1: Um, but the other thing that I, I think it is—I mean, I think it's fair only from the aspect if you're looking at it from this is what the this is what the city agreed to. So in that sense, it's fair. You mm. know, the city yeah, agreed no,
0: to it. Just going forward, would this be fair to renew it? I oh thought. no,
1: no. I I think at this point everyone you know, yeah, I think has gone. Yeah, look, we got it, we got something here. It was good. Uh, lasted. We have built up our base. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're strong. We're a stronger entity now. It's time to you know pay a little bit back to the city. <laughs> exactly.
0: We've had thirty years now. I think it's. I think it's fair. I think a fair number will be slightly lower than what they're asking for. Oh, yeah. I think than what the going rate generally is for something like this. I think slightly lower than that just because they own the stadium, they maintain the same same as their whole responsibility and all that. So slightly lower than that. Still, I think it needs to kind of bump up there. It needs to come up a little bit, but it doesn't need to be astronomical. It needs to be a fair agreement for both sides. Yeah, of course. I think the leaving it at $1, as much as it would be nice for the ballpark, sure. it's not yeah. nice for the city of Winnipeg. They, I see their point. It's a very valid point where it's a sweetheart deal. Oh, yeah. In it never yeah. so, you know, I think that's about it. I don't, that's all I got. Exactly. We've covered stadium deals like this for a while now, and it's, we're getting to the point here where I think we're just both anxious to actually talk about baseball we
1: want to talk about some baseball it's coming i bet you hang on
0: to us we're, we're gonna we're gonna get there and
1: uh you know baseball season's right around the corner so you know make sure you keep listening and it's gonna be a
0: lot of a lot of fun once we get into the season exactly like we said in about two weeks time we're gonna actually have a thorough breakdown and actually be able to talk real baseball stuff so that'll be fun <laughs> to do it'll be a nice show it'll be a good show so definitely be ready for that that's coming up soon uh and I think there's just about all we got for right now.
1: And that's all we got. All right.
0: So uh, we'll plug the social media and then get out of here. So you can follow us on Twitter at Indie Ball Pod, Indie with with a Y. I think that was a bit of a problem. And just want clear that up. IndieBallReport. Just that on Instagram. Follow us there. Uh, that's all we got there. You can go ahead, like, subscribe on the following podcatchers, TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and Podomatic. You can review us there too, share it with your friends, it would be much appreciated. And with that said, don't forget to play ball.